God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right, my name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I'm joined by Leonor Kavoda. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. Uh, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and also to make an announcement about our new YouTube channel. So if you go to redstatetalkradio.com, you can see our YouTube interface. And what's going to end up happening really is you're going to be able to, we're going to be able to interact with our um, audience through YouTube Again, I've never been a huge fan of of the whole YouTube thing, but uh, in terms of doing those channels, we are going to start doing them though because a lot of people want to do you know want us to do that, and we're rolling them out piecemeal right now. And so, if you go to redstatetalkradio.com, we're going to put it also up on scottadamshow.com, the same feed, and it's basically going to be uh, encompassing. All of the show hosts that uh, participate in that. And um, so you want to subscribe. There's a subscribe uh, link to it. Or if you click on the video, and it'll take you straight to the YouTube channel. And you could subscribe and click the bell and do all those things that uh, you know enable you to uh, uh, be alerted when things happen. Um, so that's something new that we're doing, and the plans for that, uh, with regard to like uh, things that we're doing with our other show hosts, uh, Paul Preston in the Matrix, Reba, you know, you name it, a lot of other people um, are uh, all going to be participating in this at some point, up and down the line, and that's that's been one of the challenges, but we've have a few solutions for that. Um, so basically. Uh, uh, what's going to happen is if you, um, you know, each hour uh, we're going to have a new interaction through that space, and it's it remains live twenty four seven. So that's kind of the uh, thing going on there. So we want to get straight to the news. There's a lot going on in the news related to voter fraud, uh, William Barr, and. Uh, uh, and in Michigan uh, and Pennsylvania 
uh, and testimony that was given in Arlington, Virginia. Arlington, Virginia, they had a lot of inter- um, people speaking on behalf of what happened to them, not only in Pennsylvania, but in Wisconsin. We're going to play some short clips uh, related to those. Uh, but then we also have developments in Arizona and in Georgia. Uh, Georgia today, they're going to be um, Sidney Powell and uh, and Lynn Wood right. are going to be in Georgia taking questions and trying to get answers from uh, Sterling and Kemp and Raffensperger, these Republicans out there that uh, in Georgia that are fighting against the Republicans. Yeah. It just doesn't make any it sense. And not only that, but you got Doug Ducey uh, out in Arizona, a Republican, that's fighting uh, against the uh, Republican legislature. And you wonder, what is going on in these circles? And Lynn Wood alludes to the idea that there's a lot going on there in terms of fraud and pay-to-play and kickbacks and palm greasing and cronyism yeah. and all of these things that go along with dirty politics. And in these cases, this is going along the right wing of the party or the right side of the party, I shouldn't say. And it's Arizona's the home. We shouldn't be surprised. Arizona's the home of Jeff Flake, who left the Senate in disgrace. And John McCain, who left the Senate in disgrace. We've got a lot of ne- never Trumpers there. Yeah, absolutely. And you got the, the whole McCain clan. Right. You got Cindy McCain, who didn't support President Trump. You've got Jeff Flake. You've got you've got a whole contingency of people in Arizona who did not support the president in the in the election. Which it's hard to believe, Scott. It's already been a month since the election. You know, it's amazing. You know what's been going on with the uh, results. And you know, it's interesting. Lynn Wood on your Twitter feed, you have this. He wrote on his Twitter feed, "Look forward to seeing you at the rally. I mean, press conference tomorrow, meaning mm-hmm. today." Well, you know, three uh, percent. I, well, President Trump has 97% support in what he's doing among uh, the Trump supporters. Yeah. And uh, there's only 3% of the Trump supporters that think, okay, well, enough's enough. But across the board, you're starting to see, you know, a lot of people have left Fox News, as I have, um, where I cut the cord. I mean, I totally cut the channel out of my life um so i don't i no longer even have access to fox news anymore but i have access to one america news network and newsmax and and america voice and uh first news and and a whole host of others and i got that through pluto tv and pluto tv was free if you have a roku or a fire tv you could just download the pluto tv app you can get the old westerns. You can get Gunsmoke reruns. You can get uh, TV Land kind of stuff. You know, um, sitcoms from the seventies and eighties. Well, that's one thing that happened during the pandemic. The big conglomerates with uh, the media portfolios the, loaded up on all the old TV shows. You can get the hokey Hallmark movies that Eleanor loves so much. Actually, the Hallmark mar- money movies cost money. They're extra. Okay, but no, no, no. The Hallmark esque. <laughs> the, the Hallmark esque movies are free. Yeah, and and, and I know I'll. 
give a shout out to you're not alone my dad's wife joanne oh she loves them too yeah. we, we, we've bonded and we've bonded in that area we both like the hokey hallmark or, or hallmark-esque yeah. movies so you're not alone you, but you two are the only well, no, two no, no, well obviously there's a market because every year a whole bunch of new movies spring up yeah well i'm not it's i don't know how you watch that stuff actually but anyway um anyway there's a lot of news that uh and president trump right now has been tweeting up uh, a lot of things from Team Trump and uh, exposing not just about what's going on in Michigan and in Arizona and in Pennsylvania by way of Arlington, uh, it seems like yesterday. Um, but there's so much fraud, you, you, you don't even know where to start. There's so much fraud. There's so much fraud. Now, I say that because I'm about to play a fairly lengthy clip actually um but it's the one that donald trump retweeted and it's uh, associated with uh tipping point a show from uh i think it's one american news um it okay. is one american okay. news so one american news and she talks about the doj the department because everybody's talking about bill barr right now and we're going to talk about that there's some pros and cons to the bill barr story the pro is, the con is, that Bill Barr was, uh, was alleged to have said in an Associated Press interview that he, he didn't see enough voter fraud to change the outcome of the election. That's what he said. Um, and the Gateway Pundit is just excruciating, or, or what's the word, curating, uh, excoriating him. Excoriating, right? excoriating him. Um, just excoriating Bill Barr. But then the Department of Justice spokesperson came out and said Bill Barr didn't say anything of the sort, that he didn't say that, that's not what he said, um, that uh, uh, he said n neither, that, you know, he didn't reveal what they found. So, you know, there's that. Um, there's also new information about two special counsels, not just the one with Durham, but the one with Danfort as well. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that as well. Um, so while we're um, while we're at it, we're going to go ahead and play this clip right now and get the skinny on what the DOJ is made of and why it is that we might be, you know, pushing this sled up the hill and why it is that people like Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell and all these other people, why it is that they have to do all the lifting, the heavy lifting that the FBI and the DOJ should be doing. As I've always said, you know, it's the CIA is to the, secret, uh, the State Department, as the NSA is to the Pentagon, as the FBI is to the Department of Justice. And so you have these executive branches and then you have all these other investigative and intelligence community branches. Uh, so you have the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Defense and the, the uh, Attorneys General, Right, uh, those are all part of the cabinet, and they control those entities in that in that fashion. That's the flow chart there, um, and so you just wonder why it is that we have so many liberals in the State Department or in the top brass of the Pentagon. You could thank Obama for that one, but the Department of Justice. Remember, the Russian hoax was perpetrated in part by Bruce Orr and Nellie Orr and all these little spooks in the Department of Justice. Rod Rosenstein and and uh, Sally Yates and all these people that have political motivations 
and and uh, they're mo- and they can't check them at the door when they leave for work that day, and they apply it into their daily lives. That's the sickness of being a liberal, by the way. That's the sickness of being a Democrat, is that you cannot separate yourself, your job, your duty. And that's why we see so much intolerance. That's why we see so much indoctrination in our schools, intolerance in our workforce, and crazy, radical behavior in our, in our uh, halls of Congress. Is These radical liberals, it's like feeding the, the plant in Little Shop of Horrors. It's, it, it's feed me Seymour. It's never getting enough. It's never, ever enough. They always want to take more of your rights and they want to trample all over the Bill of Rights. They want to take away your guns. They want to uh, basically take away your mo- the money out of your pocket. They want to control it. They want you to work, though. Don't forget about that. They want you to work. They want you to pay your taxes. They want you to pay that bill so they can live like kings. They're in the wrong system because America is a republic. It's a, it's a, delicate, it's a delicate thing, frankly. It entrusts people. And they want to take that trust away. And they want to, uh, they don't trust you. They want to force you. And that's not who Americans are. And that's not where, how we're built. That's not how we want to live our lives. We want to live our lives with that delicate balance of freedom and liberty and justice, equal justice. But this Department of Justice we have today completely liberally biased and we're going to take a listen to this report right now and what you'll hear will probably help explain why things are not getting done in uh at the fbi and at the doj another big day of explosive testimony whether it be today's hearing in michigan monday in arizona or last week in pennsylvania The one inescapable point for Democrats is that even if you want to chalk up all the glitches, the ballot errors, and other regularities to simple mistakes, then why do they only go one way? Can anyone name a single time in which these mistakes help President Trump? It's a simple question that has been raised time and again in the months since Election Day, without any good answers from Democrats. However, looking at records from the Federal Election Commission may explain at least part of the reason for this code of silence. What we find is that 95% of all political contributions made by employees at Dominion Voting Systems between 2014 and 2020 went for Democrats. It's the same story at Smartmatic. 86% of their employee contributions went to Democrat candidates, specifically to Joe Biden, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, and even to Adam Schiff. Now, this comes despite Smartmatic's own website declaring, quote, Smartmatic's founders and employees adhere to a strict ethics code that, among other things, prohibits them from making political donations. So here you have Dominion, which is a foreign-owned company and uses computer chips made in China. And Smartmatic, which is ties to Soros and the Castro regime in Venezuela, involved in U.S. elections. At this point, many people are wondering where the Justice Department or the FBI is after days and days of credible testimony. Well... I'll tell you where the DOJ is. Just like Dominion and Smartmatic, over 85% of their employees' political contributions during this last election cycle went to Joe Biden. 
Attorney General Bill Barr telling reporters today that his department has found no evidence of widespread fraud that would have changed the outcome of the presidential election. Now, my question for Barr would be, is this the same department that also lied about Russian collusion for four years and then sat on its high horse in court for years against General Michael Flynn, claiming that it turned over every piece of exculpatory evidence? only to find out that they were sitting on documents showing how the general was entrapped by the FBI as a way to, quote, get Trump, according to those same handwritten FBI notes. Because if so, then I don't want to hear it. Since we're not going to get help from the top, it's up to us as American patriots to hold this constitutional republic together. To that point, a Dominion contractor from the TCF Ballot Counting Center in Detroit came forward to testify today before the Michigan Senate State Senate Oversight Committee. And here's what she had to say. What I witnessed um, at the TCF Center was complete fraud. The whole 27 hours I was there, um, there was um, batches of ballots being ran through the tabulating machines numerous times, um, being counted 8 to 10 times. Also, the uh, adjudication process, I witnessed numerous people walking up claiming they were both Democrats, saying they were going, they were sitting together, judging ballots all night together, all day together. I witnessed it all. I was on the main stage with all of the city officials. Daniel Baxter was in on the whole thing, and I am under the impression 100% that um, at least 90% of those workers were all in on this. There was not a single ballot the whole night, the whole 27 hours I was there, that I saw that was for Donald Trump, not one, not a single ballot. That is, that is scary. Her testimony corroborates that of another witness who claims that she observed ballots were all, that were all for Biden and appear to be photocopies of each other. She claims many of these ballots were not cast by registered voters, so election staff manually inputted fake birthdays to override the system to have them counted anyway. Not one of the military ballots was a registered voter, um, and the ballots looked like they were all exactly the same Xerox copies of the ballot. They were all for Biden across the board. There wasn't a single Trump vote, and none of the, the voters were registered. They had to manually enter the names and addresses and a birth date of 1-1-2020, which would override the system and allow them to enter non-registered voters, of which I saw several that day throughout the day that's how they would override voters that were neither in the electronic poll book or the supplemental updated poll book thank you a third witness then described how these massive dumps of ballots arrived at the center in the first place with trucks dumping them off at four in the morning after many of the republican poll watchers had gone home or had been kicked out should also be noted that many of these dominion voting machines were reportedly connected to the internet as well take a look at what that means so uh, two of the main observations that I witnessed at the TCF Center on both the third and the fourth when I was there, um, when, I, when I got down there on the morning of the fourth, I went back for an, an additional day because I witnessed so many irregularities when I was there on Election Day on the third. Immediately upon walking in, I, I ran into uh, Randy Bishop, and Randy owns radio stations. He, he's very IT savvy. He said, Brian, I was here all night. What, what's going on here is unbelievable. He said, let me show you something right now before I leave. So he walked me over to the high-speed scanners and tabulators, and he said, see all these Ethernet lines running out of the uh, tabulators? They're all bundled together as they accumulate, and then they're all connected to these routers, and then they all go to the main uh, computer. He said, these are all hooked into the Internet, and that is illegal, and it should not be happening because it opens them up to hacking. So I was aware of that immediately.
is that the reporting is done in decimal format. You can see this in the New York Times database reporting. You can see this with uh, uh, Dominion Voting Systems reporting. So this opens up the ability for uh, hackers to potentially get into, or malicious actors who have admin rights, to get in and uh, manipulate the votes through rounding errors in the reportage and um, other other types of malfeasance. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily have to be Dominion voting system itself. They can be the Trojan horses that are just allowing uh, ballots to be manipulated by uh, administrators uh, that have access to the system. And FEC filings show that when it comes to Dominion, for example, a lot of their employees, I believe it's over 85 percent or so, donate politically to Biden, or at least when it comes to political donations, about 85 percent or more go toward uh, Biden or Democrats in general. Do you think that that's a conflict of interest? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, Smartmatic, for example, has a uh, policy not to allow employees to make political donations at all. Uh, and Dominion Voting Systems also makes 95 percent around uh, donations uh, to, to Democrats through its uh, employees. And so uh, one thing that I would like to point out is that just simply in the United States government as a whole, this is, tracks very consistently with what we see with bureau, numerous bureaucracies, with uh, unions. So it all seems to be a monolithic um, sort of block of, of united interests that is very concerning to me. So when you have voting systems that are engaging in or at least have questionable security policies that um, allow Democrats to potentially breach uh, our election security, and, and it's very uh, opaque, and we and our voters have no way of tracking it. Then we have to raise questions about if there's some sort of you know um, you know shared interest in in all of these uh, these organizations and companies together, just uh, as a block, trying to make sure that Democrats have some kind of unfair advantage. And we also heard from today in Michigan a woman who worked as a contract or worked as a Dominion contractor on election night with the whole ballot counting process. And we heard from her, you know, her testimony. And she claims that she saw some ballots were being recounted eight to ten times. What did you make of her testimony? Well, Melissa Caruso was actually very, uh, you know, uh, very uh, outgoing and passionate about what she saw. Uh, and it does. She's not out on by herself saying that ballots were rerun through the tabulators uh, over and over again. Now she says it was eight to ten times. That's that's really high. Um, obviously, it's very concerning. But uh, just the fact that these vote dumps that have been coming in, you know, Wayne County being one of them in the early mornings of, you know, 140,000 uh, with Trump voters getting almost nothing. This syncs with what they're saying about not seeing any Trump ballots. Like she, she says, she said not one. But others have said, you know, only saw two was another witness that said that. So these kind of uh, rates just do not sync with the political landscape, even in inner cities where tr we saw with Trump. He had more minority support this election by four points for Latinos uh, and, and also um, black Americans. It's higher than it was. So these kind of rates should are inordinately high and uh, raise red flags. And when it comes to these ballot dumps in Michigan alone, I believe there's over six different counties that were reporting voter turnout at over 100 percent, which, of course, is impossible. So meaning more ballots were coming in than there were registered voters eligible to vote that day. Uh, what do you make of that? 
Well, I think that the fact that these mail-in uh, ballots, uh, once the signatures are separated, uh, uh, the signed ballots are separated from the mail-in votes, then we we have no way of knowing like how how much uh, how many of these votes are able to, you cannot track them at all and even the new york times admitted this so william barr several months ago he pointed out that we are playing with fire with these mail-in ballots so these so where's william barr you know he, they say he's looking into it um how he can say that there's not enough voter fraud to measure up or to to match up well the, and and when we're seeing pockets of it all throughout the country i mean it's it's ridiculous you know i had a quick question the uh, earlier on in the uh, clip that you played they talked about the connection to the internet now obviously i understand you know the problems and what that could create with uh, hacking with a deliberate hacking um that they're aware of or hacking that they're not aware of malicious for other reasons but what would be their stated reason for connecting the voter machines to the internet what would be the purpose of that oh real time uh well, real time data collection. Real time data collection. Um, but if you're just, but if you're just, doing no, 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 with the networks, with the networks, like they, they were saying that uh, it, one one of the, the ways you can give the networks, the networks get their data live through live feeds, right? So what happens is, um, I think in a lot of, I'm kind of, you know, I, I don't do it, but I, I have an IT background, so. I mean, I think that what happens is the collect the collection of data gets aggregated so that they can kind of get the results in a real time format. Uh, the problem is, and and then they can disseminate that to the uh, news media, that the media outlets, and they can make their algorithms, and the pollsters can you know rework their algorithms and disseminate information to the public to let people know how the race is going. I would rather not do that. Yeah. I would rather. But the the thing that concerns me the most is when they're working instead of with an integer, but, but with a floating decimal. Right. Right. Uh, the, that's what uh, one of the scientists was talking about in Arizona two, two days ago, mm-hmm. which was there's no reason for these smartmatics to not be working with integers. Mm-hmm. Uh, or to, there's no reason why they should be working with floating decimals. Anything floating doesn't sound good because it's it's there's a variation going on. Yes, exactly. Well, there's a weight, and they yeah. have a weighted feature. And here's the kicker in Arizona. Every county who used the machines used this software called election uh, vote software. Okay, it was election vote version 602 or something right. like that. And then in Maricopa County, they used Dominion software. Mm-hmm. That, that that was it, you know, the Smartmatic stuff. And you saw the list of features. It was a sheet. Right. And they circled it, and they said, which one of these is different? And Maricopa County was the only county out of all the counties in Arizona mm-hmm. where they had these features that allowed for more manipulation through the Internet mm-hmm. portal. So you could literally... Go in, you know, you can have a tech person out there, representative, fixing problems and jam-ups and whatever. But the other problem is the way they were collecting these, um, you know, we heard a lady say they dated all this stuff January 1st, 20, and they would get flagged. And it was the manual flagging Mm -hmm. that would allow them to toss out the Trump votes. Um, We're going to, and and then, you know, in terms of uh, manipulation, uh, 
there's a reason why it is that we uh, are getting reports that uh, our data is being collected offshore. Right. Now, that's how Germany gets it on election Well, we've facilitated that. We've enabled that with these these systems. Now, there's a truck driver, Jerry Moran, I think is his name. Um, In any case, we're going to hear a little bit about – now, he gave great, great testimony. Blue-collar guy, you could tell. Um, and he basically worked, you know, worked this stuff. But he was he was working in Bethpage, New York, mm-hmm. New York State. Yep. Bethpage, New York. That's, lo- that's the Long Island area, correct? Yeah, when he yeah. was talking about that, I'm like, is there a Bethpage PA? Is, is that, you know? So two, night, two days ago, we had Arizona. Ten hours of testimony. Of fraud after fraud after fraud and anomalies and and mis and, and impossible calculations, and then in Michigan, they uh, gave testimony you just heard of all the ballots being for mm-hmm. Biden and being rejected and not being able to look, and talking about trucks that were coming in in the middle of the night mm-hmm. with ballots that were uh, in some cases already opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, they were talking about these ballots. This one woman in um, Arizona was talking about these ballots that were all opened. Mm -hmm. They had been opened by a machine, and, you know, so you could look and throw out the Trump votes if if no one's looking, which nobody was allowed to look. They put tape up and boards up on the windows in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And, And so then there was always this question that I had about trucks, the trucks in the middle of the night. It's like, okay, well, who, you know, what can that be? That could be anything. And now what we're talking about now is proof of chain of custody, not chain of custody. We're not talking about chain. Of, we are talking about chain of custody, but we're talking about proof of chain of custody. And all for the longest time, everybody wrote it off and said, oh, that's just the trucks delivering mm-hmm. at all hours of the night. Legitimate ballots, blah, 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 right? But you got this truck driver we're about to hear from now. And he was in Bethpage, New York, to pick up a bunch of stuff and bring it to Lancaster, PA, and then off to Harrisburg, or to bring it to Harrisburg, then to Lancaster, I forget. Um, but he picks them up. That's across state lines. Yeah. What the heck are you doing? Picking Isn't that up New- some type of violation? <laughs> well, what the heck are you doing picking up ballots in New York State and bringing them to Harrisburg? Yeah, doesn't make any sense. So apparently these are presidential ballots because... I mean, for the life of me, that doesn't make any sense because, you know, my ballot in Virginia, we're inside the Beltway in Arlington, Virginia, right now in D.C. My ballot has a uh, the president's right, and, and then it has the senator, and it has the um, down ticket items, mm-hmm. and the, the justices, judges, and 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 a whole bunch of other laundry issues, and you have to read through the whole thing. It's like two pages front and back and then you stick it into a dominion machine and a little green light goes on and so on and so forth you just have to hope for the best i looked over at the lady and i said so do i get like a receipt or no you're no that's it you're done also aren't all (laughs) bad and you just have to hope for the best that this thing that went into this machine 
isn't being right but but also to your point about beth page aren't all the ballots supposed to be whether they're mail-in or absentee aren't they all supposed, not supposed to, be, to leave the state well that's what i'm saying yeah. if you live if you live in pennsylvania no they were you're, importing you're, well your ballot if you get a if you get a mailed-in ballot or you get an absentee ballot say you're a college student or something it's supposed to be returned to the state to which you're a resident my theory is they were importing them from a printing facility in beth page well that's a possibility as well <laughs> yeah that's that's my theory because yeah. this truck driver picks them up uh but then they were on um, postmarked yeah, yeah somehow yeah so maybe they're absentee ballots yeah uh, i'm not sure but there's a whole bunch of ballots put in the back of his truck he takes them to harrisburg and he drops them off and then he talks about his tractor and his trailer and uh, you know, our buddy Terry already texted me today. I'll appreciate this. I don't know much about tractors and trailers. but um, Let, Let's have Terry sh- sh- set you <laughs> Terry, straight. Terry, if you're listening and you want to call in on that, it's 215-867-8255. That's 215-867-8255 if you'd like to call in and weigh in on what he was talking about. Uh, basically, you, you get a slip. Mm-hmm. like, And you're, you wait... For the truck to get unloaded. Right. And then, uh, basically, then from that point forward, um, you, you go about your business. Mm-hmm. The guy's got to get paid. He's got to be, he's got to show that he, you know, arrived at a certain destination at a, at a certain time. But then he had to wait six hours. And after he waited six hours, he was told to go to another place. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make any sense. He goes back the next day in his trailer, the one that he liked. Because there's a lot of trailers that aren't that nice. Mm-hmm. He had this one trailer he used to use all the time. It was missing. It was gone. They took his trailer. Some other truck picked up that trailer. And that was probably more than likely one of those trucks that arrives in the middle of the night. And we had uh, Jay Borowski on who basically said he witnessed. No one was looking at the signatures. Nobody was comparing anything. They were throwing out the declaration envelope. Again, this is in PA and in Michigan. And in Georgia, you're going to have major events unfolding in Georgia. And you have Sterling, Gabriel Sterling, who's complaining, you're, you're playing too rough. Mm-hmm. And he was on the uh, steps of the, uh, the, house, the big house in, in Georgia and basically talking about uh, the Capitol building, I guess, and talking about how this has gotten too far. And, uh, you know, that, that's the truth. That's the case. These patriots, all of us patriots, are fighting back. And guess what? We're playing too rough. You know why? Because nobody, everybody concedes. Yeah. Nobody ever fights back. Donald Trump is fighting back. We're going to go ahead and listen to Hannity's interview uh, with the truck driver. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll start that now. Which she gave an illegal vote to Joe Biden. And people try to say, well, this is just... Let's see, right here. Joining us now are, well, more three whistleblowers. One is Kristen Caramo, uh, who is an election observer from Michigan, who testified today. Uh, also, Ethan Pease, is a U.S. Postal Service contractor from Wisconsin. Jesse Morgan, the truck driver subcontracted by the U.S. Postal Service. Ethan and Jesse have signed sworn affidavits, and both are nonpartisan. Let me ask you both that. You're both nonpartisan. Jesse, Ethan... Politics not important to you? Yeah, um, yeah I, didn't, I didn't vote this year, uh, so, I mean, 
Go ahead, <laughs> Me personally, um, I'm not really a Democrat or a Republican. Um, I consider myself maybe an independent or a libertarian. All right, Ethan, let you tell your story. You told a story today that you were po- working in Wisconsin around Election Day. Your job was to drive ballots to a postal service center. Uh, you're nonpartisan, and you said you were told by two separate postal workers on two separate occasions that they were gathering over 100,000 ballots on the morning of November 4th, the day after election, and to backdate those ballots. Can you please tell us that story? Yes. So on, let's see, (laughs) on election day, um, I only had, I had no ballots to take on election day. Um, The day after the election, I didn't really think anything of it until the postal service uh, supervisor asked me if I'd forgotten ballots the night before, and I didn't have any, so I was like, that's kind of a weird question. No. And then he explained to me that 100,000 ballots were supposedly missing in the state of Wisconsin, and an order came down to look for them from the Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Illinois, USPS chapter of the postal service. Yeah. And and by the way, Ethan, you signed an affidavit. You know that if if you signed a false affidavit that you could be charged with perjury, correct? Yes, sir. And Jesse, you told the story that, well, from Bethpage, New York, I believe, to Lancaster, PA, you drove almost 300,000 ballots across state lines that they had, what, been filled out in Bethpage, New York? Yes, sir. I don't. I don't know exact number uh, ballots. I mean, I really sucked at the guess how many jelly beans are in the jar, but I can tell you, I took twenty-four pallets, Gaylords from Bethpage, New York to Lancaster, and, and, and that's where. I, and th- I these were ballots. A, a, gay, a Gaylord, by the way, is. Uh, is it a type of uh, container? Okay, I didn't okay. know that. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I remember him saying. That let's go continue. For, these were Pennsylvania ballots you were bringing in from New York. What was the date of that? This this happened on October twenty first. Now I did, they I picked them up in Bethpage, New York, and drove them to Harrisburg, and then from Harrisburg I drove them to Lancaster, dropped the trailer in Lancaster, dropped my truck off, and went home. Now, did you get a chance to see those ballots? I saw them loaded on my trailer. And did you notice how they were marked or were they concealed? I saw that, like the top corners, addresses on them uh, uh, was uh, filled out. But like, I didn't see it on every single one. Like, you need to know, like, it wasn't like I'm sitting there just looking, you know, like, I was more so watching to see how the load was uh, put in, make sure it was uh, secure and everything like that. And some of the pallets, when they drove by, some of the letters were up, and I could see like a little bit. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you a name. I wasn't looking for names or anything like that, you know. And and you signed a legal affidavit. Also, you know that if you lied in that affidavit, you know that in fact you that you could be charged with perjury too. Yes, sir. Wow. Why did you both decide, if you're both not partisan, you don't really care about politics, you, you know, why, what, what, Ethan, motivated you to 
come forward and tell this story. Why was this important to you? Well, being that I'm pretty young, I'm only 20 years old, uh, this is clearly probably the most important election of my lifetime. And I couldn't go to the grave knowing what I knew and just keeping that to myself, knowing that something went wrong in this election. Yeah. Let me bring in Christina Caramos with us. And Christina, uh, your shot went down for a second, so we lost you. We're glad you're back. Um, (laughs) You testified today that you witnessed ballots marked straight ticket Democrat Republicans, and you were told that they were to be counted, even if it was Republican, as Democrats. You challenged it. Then you lost the challenge. I mean, these were Republican votes that you saw. Well, what happened was is at the adjudication table, a ballot came up and it was straight party. The person had voted for straight party Democrat and straight party Republican. And the important part is they were filled in circles. So that's an intentional mark. So like at the adjudication table, if there's some kind of inconsistency, say the person voted for more than they were supposed to for that particular race or they didn't make it clear or was a mark, that's where they try to figure it out. Well, with the filled in circle, that's an intentional mark. The person didn't make any other votes for say judges, proposals nothing else and the poll worker just was like i'm gonna give it to the democrats and so i'm like no that ballot should be tossed out and this person had previously given a vote to joe biden where a a voter had voted for joe biden and the green party candidate for president and she had given it to joe biden so that's what alerted and heightened my attention and so then after that i went to go get her supervisor and her supervisor defers to her and asked the girl well what do you think and i'm like i'm discussing like what does she think it doesn't matter the ballot to be tossed out and so i go get the guy who um was overseeing the 10 p.m to 5 a.m. absentee counting process, and he does the exact same thing and asked the girl, what does she think? And so I just simply asked the question. I said, well, why not give it to the Republican over the Democrat? And he begins to scream at me and tells her to push it through. He just, me and him have this big argument. And I'm like, no, I want to challenge this battle. He's like, you can do what you want. He was extremely nasty, extremely rude. And he just committed open fraud in my face and told her to push the ballot through, which she gave an illegal vote to Joe Biden. And people try to say, well, this is just one incident. No, it's a bunch of incidences. And why do our stories match? We had no way of coordinating this mass, these mass stories that all add up. But the Democrats had a had plenty of time to coordinate their story. So it, it doesn't make sense that all of our stories are telling the same type of situations where we witness massive fraud, you know, um, fake birthdays being given to people and these hand king in voters. I mean, wh- why are these voters not on the voter rolls? It, it just doesn't make sense. Ballots being dropped off in the middle of the night, thousands of them. I mean, it was awful. You're telling your story. You signed an affidavit also like like Ethan and, and- well, we'll go ahead and move on. Um, there, there's a lot of other interesting um, uh, interviews as well. But uh, Team Trump, you want to check out Team Trump. And here, I, want to, I just want to play two shorter clips now. Uh, let's listen to this one. Uh, I was at TCF Center as a poll challenger. Uh, kind of the belly of the beast. time after time. And it's always um, in favor of Joe real Biden. Real quick. It's a longer story than this. But what I watched, one of the incidents, Mrs. C., it was written on her shirt, brought down a box of ballots. Since they're in stacks of 50, I could estimate it was about 500 ballots. Gave this box of ballots to three ladies sitting at a table just off the platform. Excuse me, I'm nervous. One of the ladies, the far left one, tried to get our attention. This is, this is in Michigan, by the way. 
she ended up giving us notes that were stuck on all these ballots, the sticky notes. She ended up giving us four of these notes. They read, received November 4th, enter as November 2nd. These three ladies were entering these ballots in to the verified voter system. She also got my attention, turned around, tried to get me to see her uh, laptop monitor, which I leaned in and saw, and she wanted me to see the signature. The signature on the uh, screen was a, some huge circles like that, the signature. Signature on the ballot was little tiny vertical sticks. It wasn't even in the same solar system. Definitely different signatures. And this one lady that was trying to help us ended up being Jesse Jacobs, the whistleblower. Um, under the tabulators, I witnessed multiple times stacks of 50 ballots being put through the tabulators multiple times. If they'd have been cleared, we would have no way of knowing because the supervisors for the tabulators made sure that the metal boxes they put the finished ballots in were so far behind the tabulators and made us stand behind those boxes. We were at least 12 feet from them and wouldn't allow us to get any closer to them. Um, about signing in and signing out, they had to sign in, not out, and said that we had plenty of us in there. Wednesday night, there were 10 of us in the room. I mean, us as Republican poll challengers, sorry. Yet, when I left, there were still people in the lobby that were being barred from coming in. Still only 10 Republican poll challengers in the room. I witnessed the military ballots being duplicated. I just thought it was strange that only Biden's name was selected, no down ballot. And I watched multiples, I don't know how many I watched, and not one of them was for Trump. I thought that was really strange, especially being military. Um, I, you must know in your heart that this election was fraudulent. It, there's no question of it if you really are sensible. And we, we all pray that you do the right thing. Pay attention to Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, and name the electors for Donald Trump. And I really appreciate you listening to me. After her will be Melissa Carone and James... Danley. Hema, welcome to the Senate Oversight Committee. Can you tell me how to say your last name correctly? Kolanagi Reddy. Okay, this is also Michigan. This is a Michigan testimony, okay? <laughs> so now so now everybody else can The know moment I, I not... saw you holding on to that card, I'm like, that's me. That's gotta be me. <laughs> well, you have three minutes, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak. Um, this is my first time doing this as a poll challenger at uh, TCF. As an immigrant to this country, as you can tell, um, we had great respect for America, the elections here. We always thought it's, it has a lot of integrity, whereas the countries we come from, a lot of things happen. But all of that changed the day um, I went there. Like I was, on, I was at TCF on both the days, third and the fourth. Third was pretty much... Um, the same monotonous stuff going on, nothing much to note, uh, other than occasional ballot challenging. But the next day, next day is where um, I noticed a lot of uh, issues. Um, there was a group of people uh, who were like agitators who were trying to get uh, GOP people in trouble. 
And uh, from my skin color, everybody assumes that I'm a Democrat. And uh, so they just kind of come to me. And uh, one of the ladies was thinking that let get, let's get these MFs out. And I'm like, MFs who? Like, because uh, she thought I was a Democrat. Then uh, when I pulled out my tag, she looked at me and she's like, you're on the wrong side. I'm like, how can you say I'm on the wrong side? I pick whoever I want, right? Because this is a free country. But um, then uh, I noticed that she, they were going and getting all the white male Republicans out by, you know, just kind of sheer intimidation, you know, just saying, oh, you're mass slaved, you're going to get people killed, like you heard from so many other people. And uh, then what I did was uh, I got trained by two, both the MIGOP and Election Integrity Fund. So I went to Tim Griffin of Election Integrity Fund and I said, can I have my nonpartisan um, uh, credentials? And then when I got that badge on, everything changed. Like people just looked at me differently. I was looked at with, with a lot of hostility when I had the GOP tag. And now that I have a nonpartisan tag, I was respected at the counting boards. I was respected by the Democrats and the ACLU. And in fact, I was able to even help some of the GOP people from being escorted out by putting myself there and asking why they were even being escorted out and arguing with these people. Um, but the whole uh, environment was so hostile and condescending. Um, and a lot of people have um, talked about the, you know, the ballots that were not in the poll book or the system. And I was at a table which had a full stack of uh, this file which said not in EPB slash S, which is poll book or system. They were scanning and manually entering them, and the signatures on those um, sleeves were exactly alike, like a bar graph. And then uh, they were sequential ballot numbers. They started from 2232, and sequence was something that threw me off. I'm like, how does that happen? And most of those people were from the guarded street, and uh, they were being entered manually. So those were the observations that I had. I had all the details, the last names and everything. I gave the affidavit to the Election Integrity Fund. Um, the, the thing that bothered me was that when every time a GOP challenger was being escorted out, all the poll workers, Democrats, and everybody else um, were cheering. And that was very disappointing because these people were just doing their job. They were not attacking. They were not there with So cheering. And I remember seeing footage of that, too, where mm -hmm. they were just bullying and being very, very aggressive. And, you know, we worked the polls in Philadelphia, and we were outmatched. I mean, we were the only Republican in our precincts. Absolutely. And um, you'd, go around to the, you'd go around to the different polling locations, and you would see Democrats outside trying to hand litter, out literature, et cetera. You know, there was so, – you know, we were constantly the opposition party. But here's the thing. When you look at the, country, the map of the United States, uh, I posted a map on my social media. Little – droplets of uh they call it a blue wave no it's a blue drop and it's droplets of blue blue undertow is the expression i heard <laughs> but this is where they're doing the um and and if you look at that map and you look at the population density and you look at how donald trump performed and you look at the turnout for the enthusiasm voter enthusiasm for trump and the voter the lack of voter enthusiasm for what's his name uh, uh, Joe Biden. Yeah. yeah. Who could remember this guy, right? I mean, basically, he's a, he's a nothing burger, right? So nobody's motivated to support a man they don't even know what he stands for. If he could stand at all, if he can well, string we, a sentence we together, we do at know all. that he was in. Um, he's been in public office for like forty-seven years and hasn't accomplished a lot. And he's never gotten a vote. He's never gotten more than one yeah. percent ever. He's just a bad candidate. 
So there's no way that he got more black vote than Obama, more uh, votes than any other president, uh, candidate in history, 80 million, right? So, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Nobody likes his policies. He, he, they're, they're so unliked that he has to actually keep them a secret. Um, and, you know, so, John, I see you. I'm going to pick you up in just a second. But but the main thing that you need to know is that the, um, you know, th- there's uh, so much, so much fraud, and it always goes one way. And it's different stripes, different, different kinds of things. But, you know, I just want to um, reiterate that in Kavan- uh, in Michigan, Kavanaugh is going to get to oversee that, and in, and in Wisconsin, it's Amy Coney Barrett that's going to oversee that. In PA, it's Alito, and in Georgia, it's Thomas. And those states, I think, are definitely going to be riddled with you know the, the case that's being made in Georgia and in Pennsylvania with the truckers, right? And Wisconsin and, and, Michi- and Michigan with all of the different. Um, you know, things that are happening, like uh, there's no signature verification, there's no chain of custody, and they've exploited every loophole. Why the Republican legislatures let them get away with it? In PA's case, though, I think it was a executive order, um, but it was pre-COVID. It was October 2019 mm-hmm. that uh, Governor Tom Wolf pushed through uh, an executive order to uh, do these machines and, uh, you know, so we'll see what happens there. But um, these legislatures are going to pull these delegates back. They have to if they have any any integrity whatsoever. John, you're on the air. All right. You know, listening to the litany of problems, it just leads to the following conclusion. How can we continue the current system and still have any confidence in it? This happens year after year after year. And the street is almost as a joke by the media. I don't have confidence in results when that can happen again and again. And the stories of the Michigan uh, poll workers being kicked out and then the other jackasses from the Democrats laughing, that's infuriating. But why, you know, why is that kind of thing even allowed? Why would the sheriff, and that's a Democratic sheriff, I'm sure, but how do they, how do they enforce this? So you know, we have to come up with ideas to combat this. Like I said, we've talked about this before. Whether it be you know no mail-in ballots, uh, really no mail-in ballots unless you're overseas, and that's got to be a legitimate reason, uh, and uh, you know limited voting to one or two weeks before the election, you know that sort of thing. We talk about QR codes to peg the vote to the individual person, all sorts of things, and then matching the ballots of mail-in ballots to the I'm sorry the uh, in-person uh, the paper ballots to the computerized counts. I mean all of these things. And then having you know some sort of inspection system of these computers. I mean, why isn't this done? And what happens is, in the dark of night, so to speak, there's these lawsuits filed, and the Republican secretaries of state, or the Republican legislatures, and certainly the Democratic legislators, uh, agree to this. And then nothing's really said. And then afterwards, we say, "Whoops, what happened?" And so I, we obviously have to to really, I think, overhaul how this is done because I don't have any confidence in these big cities. And it's always, well, either they're incompetent. A, yeah. or B, that's the way it's done. Yeah. Or C, you're a racist yeah. if you say something about it. You yeah. know what? Whatever. And Biden, uh, you know, stop. whoever wins this election is the president occupant. You know, it's clear to me, and it's just everybody knows. In Europe, they're flying a plane around that says everybody knows Trump won. Uh, all over the world, uh, it's getting to be known 
that this election was a sham and a fraud and that Trump was victorious all over the world. This will be a paper puppet uh, occupant in the White House if anything other than Donald Trump is 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 the line you know is not the lion roaring into the second term in any case we're out of time john thank you so much for calling in today and we'll see you next time on the radio by the way my name's scott adams my name is leonora corvetta and you're listening to the scott adams show be sure to check out scottadamshow.com and we'll see you next time on the radio just to bury my kids right up to there